your thought. And I told you we're going to be working on some character traits because as beautiful as our feet are, sometimes uh, we need to learn how to wipe off the dross. You know what the dross is? So the dross is when you have gold and you put the gold in the fire, now the dross rises up and you sweep it away so that the gold is really gold through and through. And I believe that for all the things that God's called us to do, he really wants us to have the kind of character that matches the calling. Can I say that? That's a good, that's a good, uh, those of you that tweet, that's a nice tweet, isn't it? Does your character match your calling? Um, it's a prayer. Lord, I want my character to match your calling. God, I want what you have placed in me, even if it's for others, I want to make sure that I'm walking in it. And so um, we're going to be for a little bit talking about the character traits that we've learned through the life of Joseph. Last week's overall teaching was for Beautiful Feet. Remember the movie Titanic? And at the end, there were the boats, but they were not the cruise boat. It's interesting, the cruise actually sank. And what remained were the lifeboats. And it's a lesson for those of us that are believers. There's nothing wrong with taking a cruise. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But we are lifeboats. We got to go back. We got to go back. We got to go back. And I want that to be your heart's cry as we go through these weeks of talking about character development, that we remember the overall goal. We're not just trying to become super Christians that get to go to heaven. We do get to go to heaven. We do get to live with him forever. But in the meantime, like Jesus said, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. Because night is coming and nobody will be able to work in that. But he has a heart not just for us as the church, those that are his sons and daughters. There's so many descriptions, beautiful descriptions for the body of Christ, for Christians. Um, the church is a fellowship. The church is a family. The church is a body, and we get to be part of the family. And so he goes from just being God to Father God. But he doesn't just want us in his family. He wants his family to continue to grow, just to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we always have to remind ourselves of that. I remember I adopted, I have so many, <clears throat> excuse me, I have so many spiritual children all over um, I told you, Pam says, for years I collect people. I like collecting people. And so I meet people and I collect them. Like, you're in, <laughs> you know? And so I had this, um, this one daughter years ago. She was young. And, and, uh, and so she ended up being one of the adopted daughters. But there was this thing that she had to work through because she just wanted things to be exclusive. You know, you're my goddad. It's just, and so whenever love would be shown to others, this thing would rise up in her. And we had to talk about it. They had to let her know and show her the picture, not of me, but of the Father God. That's where we get it from. 
Why do we collect? Why does the family keep growing? Why are we always reaching out? Because that's how God is. And he always wants his family to grow. He wants his family to grow. And so we live it out by constantly thinking about, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Have your sins been washed away? Have you... Have you accepted this wonderful gift of love that comes from our Father God? I mean, a day shouldn't go by where you're not thinking like that. Shouldn't go by. Whenever Pam and I go to the restaurant, we we fight over, you know, who's gonna who's gonna make the offer. Because at the end of every meal, we're gonna say to that waiter or that waitress, hey, you served us so well. And um, you know, by that time, we've become close because every time he comes back or every time she comes back to serve, we're saying something nice. We're saying something funny. We're saying something encouraging. Remember, we're not sending food back. <clears throat> we're not asking to see the manager. All right? <laughs> we're looking for ways to make a connection because at the end of the meal, we're always going to say, you've served us so well. And now we're going to serve you. Is there anything we can pray for you for. We're not going to mess up your work time and, and pray and call down heaven while you're on your shift. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. No. We're going to pray when we leave and we pray when you walk away. But is there anything? And man, hands down, we catch people off guard. Catch them by surprise. I wasn't prepared for that. Let me think about this for a moment. And that's how, <laughs> that's how God's love is. There's a girl named uh, Kathy Tricoli. Remember back in the 80s and um, on this radio station, they started playing this song called, It's Your Stubborn Love. It never lets go of me. I don't understand how you can stay perfect love, embracing the worst in me. Man, we catch people off guard by letting them know, God's not mad at you. He sees you right where you are. Will you receive his, his great love? How can I bless you? Now, don't do that and then leave 10 cents as a tip. No, bless the spiritual and the natural, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, that's how we get people's attention, by blessing. By blessing. So always carry something. Don't, don't spend the whole pot. Have enough to bless others with. And if you give them something tangible, make sure you bless them with heaven. We've heard so many reports. And so don't listen to this like, oh, Terry and Pam, they're so... No, no, everyone's invited in. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Everyone has beautiful feet. They get a chance to love and bless and help. Just stirring you up. So, um, but that's the ultimate goal. But as we go through all of this, we've, we've got to make sure that character is where it needs to be. So let's look at some character pieces in the life of Joseph. There are tests. There are 10 tests that Joseph went through. 
Um, we gave you the overview for these last two weeks. Pastor Pam did a great job two weeks ago. Last week, we gave you the end result of where we're trying to get to, and now we're actually going to get into the test. This week's test is the pride test. It's the pride test. That's the, that's the focus. Overall, what's the series theme? Lessons that we learn from the life of Joseph. And we need this. We need this because when you write the book, when you sing the song, when you preach the message, when you rescue people, when you take them and bless them with food, or, or when you go and take them to the hospital, when you, then all of a sudden that thing's going to come up. What thing? That same thing that's in the devil. His downfall was pride. He says, I'm going to be like the most high. I'm going to have, I mean, how, how crazy, right? But that thing can get in us. In fact, John put it this way, one of the apostles, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we need to have the love of the Father. And then he, he gives it more specific. He says, all that's in the world, here they are. Three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. There are seven things that God hates. First one, proud look. Martin Luther said, of all the vices, of all the things that we've got to work through, pride is the biggest one. If humility is the soil where we hear God, see God, accept God, then what is, what is pride? If you reference Mark, the fourth chapter, Jesus said, guard your heart. Make sure your heart's in the right place when seeds are being thrown from heaven. Persecution, affliction, they come to mess up the soil so you won't receive. Satan comes immediately to take the word out that's sown in your heart. The heart of the Father, the dream of the Father, the ideas and the perspectives, the, 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 the light and the sight of the Father. Satan comes right away. In fact, right now, there are thoughts that come even while you're hearing a teaching, where the hearer online. And while you're listening, all kinds of things are coming in to try and distract you from hearing the heart of the Father. And it's happened all morning. It started with worship when Naomi and Chayton and Jisun were singing words from the Father's heart, getting our attention on him, filling us with love for him that comes from the love that he has for us. And so we respond in love. But it's, it started then. And while you're singing a song, all of a sudden, I wonder who's going to win the game today. <laughs> I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. Oh, look who's coming in. I haven't seen her for a long time. Oh, why do they have that on? Mm, I don't like that. You know, this song reminds me of another song. I wish they would sing that song. I mean, all kinds of stuff go through your head. And on and on and on. Joseph is teaching, and he's sharing his heart, prophetic heart, testimonies, and all that. Your mind starts wandering. Same thing when Jesus is singing, you're so beautiful, how beautiful you are. 
all of it, and even now, distractions. So you've got you to rein it in. Paul put it, Peter put it this way. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. Put a girdle on. Otherwise, it'll be flapping all over your place. So you got to focus. You got to focus. I heard one preacher say years ago, think about what you're thinking about. And then give the Holy Spirit access. And ask him to help. Help. Help me. Help me. Help me. Oh, oh, try that. Put your hand on your chest. Put your hand on your chest. I want you to say this. I want you to say this. Help me, Holy Spirit. Oh, man. He's there for us. St. John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is about to leave the planet, and he says, guys, I'm going to give you the very same thing that I use while I'm here doing all of these things where I only say what the Father says, I only do what the Father does. Here's my help. It's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray that the Father sends you the same spirit that he sent on me because you're going to need him. And he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's your helper. He's your paraclete. Paraclete is a Greek word that says, come alongside to help. He's your coach. He's your peace. He's your way maker. And he's the shepherding spirit because he's the one that's right here with you. So ask him, ask him to help you. I remember a song when I was a little boy, them singing this song. Yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some others to win. And then the course comes in with, ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. Jesus is waiting to aid you. He will carry you through. And those aren't just the big things. Those are also the little things on how to stay focused when Holy Spirit is speaking. So help me, Holy Spirit. That's why we bring pen and paper, or that's why you take your pad out, and you take notes. And I know, I know I've been there. I'll remember, oh, that's a good one, I'll remember that. And then you end up, man, what was that? <laughs> that's why I keep my phone right next to my bed, so that if in the middle of the night he wakes me up or a revelation comes in the early morning, I can lean over and write down what the Father is saying. He's trying to get us to hear him and value. And so the word should be the apple of our eye. So the pride test, the pride test, the pride test. Go to the book of Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Before I read that, I will tell you Jeremiah chapter 29 from last week. We said, I know the plans I have for you. These are God's dreams, says the Lord. They're good, not of evil. They're good plans to give you a future and a hope. Well, let's look specifically at what happened with, with Joseph and the dreams that God gave him. Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to read verses 1 to 11. Please write this down. Make a note somewhere so that you can read it throughout the week. And here it is. So, jo so Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family when Joseph was 17 years old. Everybody say 17 years old. He often tended his father's flock. He worked for his half-brothers. 
the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. You guys got one of those in your family? Growing up, did you have one of those? You know, always telling, <laughs> always telling, man. We used to call our, our, our sister Goody Goody. She always, she, it's almost like Joseph, man. I mean, just favor on this girl. You know, I was the youngest, but she was the youngest girl. Um, and yeah, she, she, uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go back there. So look at verse three. Uh, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. They couldn't. They couldn't, even if they wanted to, they couldn't. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, <laughs> they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up. And your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, okay, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Verse 9, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. He said, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. So then you see they start counting. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Verse 10. This time, he told the dream to his father as well and to his brothers, as, as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. Like, Wait, what kind of dream is that? He asked, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. His family dynamics. And you can see the dad in his seasoning. Yeah, he had a problem with it, but then he also, as a man of God, said, huh, let me, let me just check this. It's like when, Joe, when Jesus, um, as an eight-year-old, you know, they were on their way to Egypt, and they lost Jesus for two days. And they go back looking for him, and he's like, what? Didn't you know I was about my father's business? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And they found him in the temple, and he was reasoning with the religious scholars. But the Bible says, from that moment on, Jesus subjected himself to his parents. See, even Jesus had to take the test. 
everybody's got to take the test. But like Jacob, Mary took that thing, pondered it in her heart. And so as those that are seasoning, even when you have children and they, they have these dreams and they have their ideas and they may be a little imbalanced, don't completely shut them down because they don't get it yet. Or they may be saying it in a weird way. Or like Joseph, there may be things that need to get worked out. Ponder and in the heart. If you need to bring some balance in with them, bring the balance. But then ask God, what, what are you trying to say to me about little so-and-so? Are you talking to him? Are you, are you going to use them in a special way, Lord? Because then, as parents, we get to guide them to the ultimate destiny. The dream is not for the destiny. Let me put it this way. We get excited about the dream. But the dream isn't it. The dream in Joseph's life was really, I believe, to help reveal what was in his heart. Was in his heart. It's important for us that when we dream, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Again, Jeremiah 29 and 11. These are good plans to give you a future and a hope. And then sometimes from that, we come up with our own dreams. Now we have to make sure that our dream and God's dream line up. And there are times when you have dream. I remember when I, was, when I was young. I was young and my sister showed me how to play the piano. All of my siblings helped me with who I am. My dad said to, to all of us, hey, you're going to need each other. So my, my sister Sabrina taught me how to play the piano. My sister Gretchen taught me how to sing. Um, my brother Adrian, he was the one that's two years older than me and he started preaching before me. And I, I, I was so enamored by God's gift on him. And I followed that. And he would talk to me and help me. And then my brother George, he taught me how to take care of people. And he continues to this day just taking care of people. I mean, he'll pick guys up on the corner and give them a job. He does demo. He also works for the Turnpike. But for years, he just do demo. He goes in and demos houses, and there's some guys that they need a job, and he bring them in. And all of that, I learned from, from them. I learned from them. Well, as I got older, and I started getting to my late teens, and I really started working the music thing and singing, and I had a cousin who invited me to come and, and do, a, do a, a, a recording in the studio, and I'm thinking, whoa. God, are you calling to me to be a recording artist? That wasn't God's dream for me. And I had to make sure that I heard him. And there are some things that we have and even things that we're good at, and then we try and force this thing says, I got a dream, I got a dream. You need to make sure that the dream that God's giving you leads to the ultimate purpose. Dreams are meant for purpose. And we got to get out of us the things that need to be fixed. And there were things as wonderful as Joseph's life is, and he is by far 
one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament. I've got a few of them. Joseph, Daniel. I wanted to name our oldest son Daniel, but she was the one having the baby. So I said, whatever you want. So she wanted Ryan. So it's Ryan Daniel. He made such an impact on me, especially as a young guy, because here he is at 13 years old, and the Bible says he purposed in his heart not to eat the king's meat, not to defile himself. I said, God, I want to be, I want to be like that. Joseph, Joseph, man. And so, as great as a character as Joseph was, man, he had some flaws that needed to get worked out. He had to get to the place where his dream lined up with God's dream and destiny for him. So it's both. The dream and the destiny. How do I find out what God's dream is for my life? You ready? I'm about to give you the answer. How do I find out what God's dream is for me and where my dream may be good and it may be bad, but either way it may not be what God wants for me right now? Here it is. Spend time with God. Just spend time with God. He showed his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways he showed to Moses. There was time. Moses knew him. God revealed himself. And it actually was transferring because when God and Moses would spend time in the tent and presence would be there, when that conversation is over, here comes, Joseph, here comes Joshua. Joshua comes in, and he's just soaking it all up. No wonder this is it's no surprise that when Moses was gone, Joshua led because he had been used to presence. And sometimes we want to fall into a position, or we want, to, we want to be grandfathered, if you will, into a position mainly because we have skill, or mainly we have experience, or, or mainly even though there's, there may be genealogy. But if you're not spending time in the presence of God, there won't be the same anointing and calling on your life. You have to be willing to spend time with him. Spend time with him. And that can happen every day. One Wednesday night we were here and we were talking about time and spending time getting to know God. And I reveal what my favorite song is for years and years and years. Even though I love Cece Winans and she just has my heart. There's this guy named Larnell Harris. And I started listening to him when I was about 13 years old. And then he wrote this song. Must have been close to my 20s by then. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day, and it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Busy trying to serve me, but how can you serve me when your spirit is empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a, just a part of you. It's true. I miss my time. That's what the Father wants. And when we spend time with him, it goes beyond his acts. It even goes beyond the, 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 uh, the visions and the, and the revelation. It goes beyond the giftings. Gifts and callings come without repentance. That's why one of my, my life models is quick to repent. Because I don't want to flow in any gift and my heart is not aligned with him. Because I know the gift, the gift of work, 
The gift of work. I can tell people who are not even in the kingdom of God that have received a gift while they were being formed in their mother's womb. He said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. I called you. But not everybody showed up and said yes. So people still have gifts. You look at someone and they've got a level of charisma. They've got a speaking. They've got a singing. They've got, and it's like, wow. It's like, man. But it came from God. Yet they can be doing crazy things. They can be leading people to take cyanide in the desert. So if you want to get the dream that God has, spend time with him. Oh, spend time with him. Find out his ways. Find out his ways. So it, it annoys me sometimes when, when, you know, something comes and it devastates just an entire family and, and it's, just, it's just such a horrible accident, just a horrible thing. And people label it, especially the insurance companies. They label it. The media, they'll label it acts of God. In my heart, I know that that's not my dad. He says, with loving kindness have I drawn you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life. You only get that from spending time. And he shows you that, and he'll also show you the dreams. So if there are things that you want to do, it's nothing wrong with it. Just make sure that you spend time with him to make sure there is alignment. And so that's the first point I want you to get. I only have a few, and I'll, I'll rush through them. Um, make sure that your dream is God's dream. God's got a dream for every single person. Every one of you that's in here, every one of you that's walking, watching online, every person from every nation, every tongue, every person, he's got a dream. He's got a plan. But the dream isn't the one that we have to celebrate. The dream only gets you to the purpose. And that's why this, this whole pride thing needed to get worked out. Because Joseph has the dream, and it reveals what's already in his heart. He was already telling on them. <laughs> he looked. He was already telling on them. Before the dream even came, he's going and telling his dad everything. You know what they did? Guess what they doing, Dad? Stuff needed to be worked out. The same thing with us. God gives us a dream so that we can start seeing how we are. What's the dross that needs to be brushed away so it could be pure gold? Remember, ultimately, beautiful feet. Ultimately, a great deliverance. Ultimately, like Yosef was saying earlier, a famine comes and God says, I want people to see me. I want to set them free. But early on, God gives them a dream. The dream always reveals where you are. What's the first thing happened when Joseph got the dream? He starts bragging. I have a dream. And it wasn't the Martin Luther King who had a dream. <laughs> I felt that right away. About to go up on my toes. I have a dream. No, he gets the dream, and right away, his brothers are already mad at him. 
brothers already think. And, he, and now he goes and says, yeah, I had this dream. <laughs> and you guys are going to be bowing down to me. I was going to be up and y'all going to be low. God allows it to come. Stuff needs to get worked out. See, in, in your bragging, you reveal what's in your heart. That's what Jesus says. Out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. So what are you saying? What's all the amazing things that, that you're going to do? And I'm not talking about, you know, everything you want to do being, you know, the idea of it being a bad thing. No, 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 no. Just make sure that when it comes up, you're not the one that everybody's looking up and worshiping. Just make sure that we are having our character to be at the right place. God has a dream for every person. The way you get to that dream is spend time with God. But we find out where we are by how much we boast. How much we boast. Remember, the dream is to get you ready for the purpose. Are you ready for the purpose? Are you ready now? You had the dream. You see what you're going to do. You know, you, you, you've, you've seen it. Even with all that you're doing, are you able to handle it? And there's not just one test that you go through. It's going to happen over and over and over. Because each level of promotion yields and opens the door for devils to draw out of you. You know that's the definition for temptation. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The reason this thing on bragging had such a big deal was because it was already in. It was already in, Joseph. It was already in there. We'll see in a minute how to, how to do it the right way, but that was, that was that first thing. So write down somewhere in your notes on your paper or like the teenagers used to do when I, I would teach them, write on your hand, <laughs> don't brag. Don't brag. And so that's what this thing was to do. It's to deal with the root, the root of pride. That's the test. The test deals with the root. Don't boast about the dream. Don't boast about the dream. Now here's the, here's the deal with pride. We can find out if pride is actually in there. Because we're not, we're not talking about, oh Lord, if there's anything I need to work on. No, 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 no. We're being specific over these next however many weeks. When we talk about all these tests, we're talking about specific tests. Specific now. So what are we talking about specifically today? Pride. Pride. When we were casting vision, revisioning here at High Street, when we, when we started in, in, uh, in May, and, and I'm sorry, in March, and wonderfully, Pastor Paul and Pastor Kathy, you know, moved on to that next season of what God's calling them to do. You know, his words were, I'm not retiring, I'm refiring. What's the next thing that's going to happen? And so I started the next week laying down vision. What's the vision here? Love, unity, the word of God can't get away from the scriptures. They reveal who he is and they reveal who Jesus is. They help us to get right. 
They show us how, what was wrong, what needs to be right, and they show us how to stay right and how to do it all from love. So love, unity, the word of God. But then that fourth one, that fourth one. And I learned that over the years. When I first started leading in pastoral ministry, September 25th, September 25th, 1998. And the first thing that the Lord told me on that Sunday morning, I sat over on the side and right, right before they said, here's the new pastor, he dropped in my heart, love, unity, and the word. And I addressed the audience. I said, God wants us to establish the church in love, unity, and the word of God. That's 25 years ago. Tomorrow, 25 years. But over these 25 years, I realized that there were a couple more that needed to be added in. I began to see. I began to see things in my own life. I began to see things in the life of the others and the ones that I was leading and growing and developing that it needed to be love, unity, the word of God, yes, but also humility. Humility, man. Because people were saying, yes, I'll serve. Yes, I'll go. Yes, yes, yes. But the pride piece, so it ended up giving people more praise than glory to God. And we'd get in the way. So love, unity, the word of God, humility. And as you know, the last one is Holy Spirit, because without him, you, you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. This isn't a self-help thing. You can't read this and all of a sudden become better. No, you need the power of the Holy Spirit, which is why Jesus said, I'm going to send him. He's going to guide you into all truth. So you got to deal with the root of pride. Where's the root of pride come from? Honestly, secure insecurity. I'm insecure, so I always got to talk. Insecure, I always got to interrupt. Insecure, I always, you know, we had a guy when I was working, when I was working at a bank years ago, we ended up calling him Topper. And I was like, why are you calling Topper? And, you know, my friend Rob told me one day, he says, he says watch this, any story you have, he's got a bigger one. He's going to top it. You can say, hey, there I was at the, you know, I went out to this great restaurant. Oh, you ain't seen a restaurant like the one we went to. If you find yourself being topper, y'all going to be using that. Watch. You're going to get home. Something's going to happen. Like, oh, topper. <laughs> but just start looking at these things that reveal, reveal insecurity. They reveal it. Do you have to compare all the time? Do you interrupt all the time? Do you criticize others all the time? Are you looking and scanning? You say, oh, 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 I noticed that. Oh, I noticed that. Do you complain a lot? This will reveal those levels of insecurity. You don't have to fend for yourself. Let God work it. Let him work it all out. And so, what do we have so far? We've got God has a dream for each person. Don't boast about the dream. Deal with the root of pride. And how do you deal with it? Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are. You know the first thing Satan came to Jesus with? So he gets baptized by John in the river, 
And it's not a normal baptism. He gets one baptism, but then it says the spirit, the, the heavens open, and then the spirit of God came on him. And when, uh, when Paul's referencing it, in, uh, I'm sorry, when Peter is referencing it in Acts the 10th, he says, I want you to know about Jesus who came, and he came after the baptism that John preached. So it's another baptism. He said, the heavens opened, and the very spirit of God came on him. You see a picture of it they have on these stained glass windows behind me. The presence of God coming down. And that's what happened. It says it came and it rested on Jesus. And that's when he became from Jesus of Nazareth to Jesus the Christ. Or Jesus the anointed one. Remember, Christ is not his last name. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. Christ means anointed one. It is when the very presence of God smeared himself all over. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what happened right away after he came out of the wilderness. But my point is, in the wilderness, he goes into the wilderness right after this thing happens. Because the words that came from heaven are, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But then right after that, here comes the test. The Bible says he was led into the wilderness. He was led into there. So is God allowing you like Joseph? Remember, Joseph is a type of Christ. Led into the wilderness? Led, giving you a dream? Why'd you get that dream? Oh, because God wants to know what plans are for me. I know the plans I have for you, sister Lord. Oh, he's, about, he's trying to work something out of you. Because ultimately, there's a goal. So he goes into the wilderness, and the first thing that comes up is the devil saying, if you be the son of God. You know how we know that the pride had been worked out of Jesus? Because Jesus didn't have to defend. He didn't come back and say, well, you, you know I'm the son of God. I heard him say it. You heard him say it. He didn't say any of that. He did not defend his position, which showed he was not dealing with insecurity. He knows who he is. He knows where he's from. I don't have to fight for if you never used by certain people, you don't have to fight for it. How come so-and-so got called and the other person didn't call? You don't have to fight. God is going to make sure that whatever he called you to, you are equipped and you're ready to be used. Does this make sense? We got to let this, we got to get this stuff out of us. That's why every year, all throughout the year, we got to take that pride test. And if you get to the place where God does promote you and God does use you, and just like what Jesus was saying this morning and Yosef was saying, everybody gets used. Just like Julie was saying about, about Dawn, everybody gets used. Just like uh, uh, Chayton and Naomi, everybody gets used. You're going to hear, you're gonna hear uh, 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 Dino preach in a few weeks. Everyone gets used. But what stuff needs to come out? Sometimes we sit and we look, it's like... I could do that. I could do that better. I can show you in my journal where God called me to do just that. Yeah, baby, you need to work on that. That's why we can live in such honor. 
And that's why we that's why we always throw honor around here. Not to highlight people just for the sake of highlighting people. It's to give ministry away. We're putting a schedule together one Sunday and working with Bruni. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to do this and do this and do this. And they're like, well, well do you want to do offering? I said, no, I don't want to do offering. I don't want to get up and sing and then do offering and then read scriptures and then do transition and then go and preach. Something's wrong with that. We need to find ways to give ministry away. Give it away. Give it away. And that helps. So what's going on in your life that you need to give away? So if I give away, then I'm going to give away the calling that God placed on my life. No, 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 no. If you're called, you're called. And nobody can take that away. And just like Jesus didn't have to defend, he was the son of God. When humility kicked in, the Bible says, and as a result of it, God highly exalted him, gave him a name that was above every name. Psalm 51, the prophetic statement of the covenant relationship between Jesus and the Father that we can also adopt for ourselves says, because you have set your love upon me, I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you know my name. It starts with humility. It ends with humility. The sauce all through is humility. And if anything moves towards pride, it says there's some insecurities that I need to work out. And I will tell you, you don't fail tests with God. You don't fail tests. I say this in closing. You don't fail tests with God. With God, he doesn't put at the top D or E or failed. You know what God's words is? Retake. <laughs> Retake. Retake. And I've learned over the years, ah, Father, I'm so sorry. I know you were trying to get me to do this, and I was, and so sweetly and so gently, the Holy Spirit says, you're going to get another shot. <laughs> you're going to get to take it again. And sure enough, another opportunity comes. So what I've started to do over the years is say, Holy Spirit, help me to recognize it early. I want to stay close to you so I can pass these tests. Because I want what you want for me, but more importantly, I want what you want through me. That's the key. And boy, if you can get that lesson, then now instead of serving God or being used by God, you're now partnering with God. Jesus said, I tell you, I tell you things because you're my friends. You're my friends. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to be that, that God daughter or that God son or that spiritual son or that spiritual daughter that says, no, it's mine, it's mine. No, you get to give it away. And you get to bless it. Man, everywhere you go, you get to bless. Because you're partnering with him and you're not trying to make a name for yourself. You're not trying to fight for your position or your calling or your gifting. You don't have to do that because you see the end result. What's the end result? There was his same brothers that were accusing him, yelling at him and mad at him. Same ones that plotted to kill him. Same ones that uh, sold him. And his dad had, uh, his dad had just died. Jacob just died. Here now Joseph, having passed all these tests, is 
Prince of Egypt. And uh, he said, please, please don't. We don't know what you're planning to do to us, but please don't do it. Joseph said, this thing was meant for evil. Me getting sold into slavery, all of this stuff, even with y'all, man, it was meant for evil. But God, he used it for good. Most people stop right there until they hear the end of that verse. But there's more. He said it was meant for evil, but God used it for good. Here it comes, here it comes, that there might be a great deliverance. If we can work the pride stuff out, when he first had his brothers and they first came back, man, he was ready for revenge. He even planted something in their bag so that they would get arrested. But now here they come and said he had to take a minute. He went in the back and he's angry and he's bitter. But he had a prayer meeting. Things always get worked out in the prayer meeting. That's what time with God does. It's not for performance. I, had, I, I did my morning devotions. I did this. I did that. No, 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 no. The prayer meeting works it out. Those that you don't want to forgive, you come out of the prayer meeting ready to forgive. Those that you're bitter against, you come out of the prayer meeting. Those that you've been in, comp in competition with, you come out of the prayer meeting ready to accept. Joseph had a prayer meeting, man. He went in the back and he wept. And then he came out and he says, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. And then the anointing came. Presence came. He was walking in his purpose because it wasn't just to deal with the famine and to bring the grain so that people could eat. It was so that in family, there could be restoration. And through all of that, God's mighty plan would come into place. It was meant for evil, but God allowed some of this stuff to happen. Work some character stuff out in us. So there might be a If you need to repent to family, please do it today. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. I mean, man, if you need to text them right now, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Leave your gift at the altar, Jesus says, and go make that thing right. Sometimes it's good to work things in here because we're all hearing the same message. But there is a test coming to you when you leave here today. And it's going to revolve around it happen so that there can be a great deliverance. Bow your heads. Father, thank you for these moments that are transforming. Oh, man, we just, we love you so much. And we love the way you meet us where we are. You gave us a dream to be used, and Lord, you're still working stuff out of us because there's so many more beyond us that you want to reach. So thank you for addressing our issues. Thank you for dealing with our stuff.
Father, thank you. We posture ourselves at your feet. We say, work out in us. Work it out in us. Heal us. Deliver us. Strengthen us. That we might be in partnership with you. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for the dreams you have for us. Thank you for calling us out. And for anyone that's here or watching online, if you've never accepted Jesus, he's letting you know you don't have to be in charge. May your humility kick in here where you say, I need you in my life, oh God. I need you. Save me. I believe Jesus died for me. I need to repent of my sins and I turn today and give my life to you. Wash me. I believe Jesus is raised from the dead and I want him to be the Lord of my life. So save me. Change my life forever. I give myself to you. If you did that for the first time, that meant in an instant, God did that. He responded to your faith. So stay there. Stay with him. Find a place to get involved. If, if you're visiting this church or you're, you're here today after just giving your life, let somebody know, I gave my life to Jesus today. It's nothing like being washed in the blood of the Lamb, our Lord Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Uh, the person that's near you, will you give them an embrace and say, I'm glad I learned about pride with you today. With you. Let me know it's okay. Tell them. Say, say let me know it's okay. <laughs> All right. Hold your hands up. Hold your hands up as though you're receiving, as though you're receiving. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn towards you and all of his countenance be on you. And may he bless you with peace. Every kind of peace. Undisturbed peace. Wholeness of every kind. And may the Lord bless you to be a blessing to many. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, I receive it. Well, God bless us.